Hi everyone, welcome back to episode 5 of the Simply Medics podcast. Yes, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed the last episodes and the episodes before that and a big thank you to everyone who's been interacting with us on Instagram. Yes. So today, what are we going to talk about? So we're going to talk about, firstly, um, this whole new thing that the government has introduced, which is a three-year degree um, for people to become doctors, in particular nurses, pharmacists and paramedics and then we're also going to talk about the hidden cost of medicine so for those of you who are medics or you know wants to be medics just advice about this degree ain't cheap yeah just a heads up because it would have been nice because obviously there are things in life you've got to pay for but when you just get to the situation you're like oh so money has to actually leave my account yeah yeah and it's just like no one ever actually tells you these things. They just tell you about training and all these things. But money is very important. Exactly. So let's get to it. Yes. So first we're going to discuss um, this three-year degree that the, the government is thinking about bringing out. So I think it was about a week or two ago I saw this actually on Twitter. Yeah. And then I clicked on the article and I was like, oh, what's this about? So what did you, what have you read up about it? So I've read that. <laughs> since Brexit, in, I, okay, I know what I read and what I interpreted it as. Since Brexit, the government wants to bend the rules. So we're short of about 11,000 doctors, mm-hmm. we're short of 20,000 nurses, we're yeah. short of about 1,000 paramedics. Yeah. So to fill the kind of shortages with doctors, what they want to do is they want to train existing healthcare professionals in three years. And after three years, they'll be qualified doctors. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be able to kind of plug the the shortages we have yeah. in the workforce yeah. and understand the logic you need doctors you need them now even the eu comes with a whole bunch mm-hmm. of kind of like probably more shortages because yeah. people might not want to come here and, and work anymore uncertainty as well yeah obviously there's not a solid plan yeah as to what how we're going to recruit staff how people are going to be able to travel because they know freedom of freedom of movement is very important in the eu yeah now that we left the eu everyone's unsure of what that means yeah so a lot of staff whether it be in the healthcare sector or other sectors are unsure, yeah. unsure about moving here about their families moving here yeah so I read it and I was just like I, I do understand it but there are regulations in place for yeah. a reason so current EU regulations says that um, it takes about five years even though most EU countries take about six, six years, years yeah. to train doctors five years to train a doctor. So what Boris Johnson and co are doing, yeah, they're jumping over all these safety guidelines Mm -hmm. and then, like, okay, obviously as a nurse, as a paramedic, you do have clinical experience and stuff, but, like, you're in fifth year, I'm in fourth year. I didn't actually think five years is enough. I feel like, I've I've actually told my friends this before, that I wouldn't mind doing six years or even seven years of a medical degree. I feel like there was so much more that you can learn. Yeah. And in fact, speaking to friends who are doctors Currently, you realise that you learn way more on the wards. Yeah. And then you do medical school because it's there's true. so much more to learn. Yeah. The degree touches the bare surface yeah. of what medicine is about. Like, I'm in my fourth year now and I'm just starting to feel a bit more confident, a bit more, you know, comfortable going out on the wards and recognising things and kind of, okay, this will be my investigation or, okay, this will be my management plan. So imagine doing all that in three years. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that your prior clinical experience is enough no five years is it the the minimum exactly the minimum and to add to that the whole thing of trying to train people in three years there was already existing graduate medicine degrees that yeah. are four years and in fact they're quite intense very the the whole premise of the graduate degree is that 
there's there, usually people that apply people who have done like biomed or mm-hmm. biosciences degrees. So they already have the sort of the the bio the um the molecular scientific knowledge. Yeah. Before they have to learn about the clinical and the all the all the pathology stuff. Yeah. Um, but even in that sense, the four years for a lot of people takes a lot out of them, a yeah. lot. So three years to try and cram in what would be a conventional five year, four year degree to three years. Yeah. In my opinion, would mean that something would have to give. Yeah. I don't think it's safe for patients no. either. Because like I was even thinking, okay, if I qualify as a GP, I've done five years at med school, I've done two years foundation training and then three years GP training. Mm-hmm. So that's ten years. Yeah. And then if all of a sudden I want to switch I don't jump into another specialty. No, I can't be like, yeah, I have to go back to the beginning and train again. And that's the standard for doctors. Yes. And I think that should be the standard for across all. Or you can't jump in and out of no. specialties. Like, these are people's lives. Exactly. We're playing with their specific exactly. details, specific things you need to yeah. learn. And I don't think the government, I mean, we've been under them for nine years. They clearly don't understand how the body works. <laughs> <laughs> I 100% agree with you. And not just about the fact that the degree seems quite rushed. But the you're taking people from all from already struggling workforces. Mm-hmm. So like you're saying before, that there's a twenty thousand um shortage of nurses. And then l- last year, according to data, there's a thousand um shortage of paramedics. Yeah. And I was reading up that ninety two million pounds was spent in the year twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen on private ambulances because there because wow. because there was a gap. Yeah. There's like a workforce gap in certain in certain points. For recruitment of paramedics, so is that the government paying private services? That's NHS paying cover. private services to yeah. cover to cover to pick people up mm. um, after nine 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 calls. Yeah. So that's quite a lot of money. Ninety two million pounds is quite a lot of money. Yeah. Um. So you're already having these struggles in these different work, in these different healthcare areas. Then you're now going to reduce these deplete these workforces. Yeah. To recruit more doctors. Make it make sense, please. Listen, I don't think it's gonna work if I'm being honest. Because what you're telling people, yeah, they feel like they feel like they're really doing something. Yeah, they really yeah, feel like, they're like they're doing yeah, something. I've come up with this light bulb plan. Listen, how are you gonna like encourage? Okay, you're a nurse. You mm-hmm. have children. You're working this amount of hours. You're now telling them three years go unpaid, but you'll be a doctor. And it's like, let's say like they're maybe on the verge of like a band six or yeah. whatever. They will now go down to the, the starting salary of the junior doctor after three years unpaid. Exactly. It's not attractive. It's anyway. not, not at all. Unless they're paying people whilst they're doing this degree. Yeah. But then even that's a struggle because they've caught the nursing, they've caught bursaries for nurses, yeah. for nursing students. So this whole plan of theirs, as great as it sounds on paper to the, to the current government, yeah. it's realistically, it's not going to work. I think the only thing that they need to do is essentially they need to stop putting a plaster over something which needs to be <laughs> taken to surgery, exactly. which needs the bleeding to stop. They're just putting all these small fixes yeah. like, and they're like, yeah, we're doing all this for the NHS. No. What you need to do is you need to improve the standards mm-hmm. so that you encourage people to actually want to apply mm-hmm. and work. And then hopefully that will, mm-hmm. you know, reduce staff shortages exactly. and then you'll have more people in the profession. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's not going to be a quick fix. It's not. It's, it's going to take patience. Thing. Yeah. Exactly. And I think the thing that the government needs to focus on is the current system. Yeah. So making it making the NHS attractive for doctors to stay. Yeah. Because there's a problem with retention. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're great at producing good doctors. Yeah. So currently there's been an increase in the amount of medical school places nationally. Yeah. However, when people graduate, become F ones, F twos, such specialty training, then they go off to another country. Yeah. Not because um other countries are desirable, but people just want to use this country to get the 
get their degrees, etc., etc. It's in fact the work the work life here is not attractive to yeah. doctors. You're overworked and underpaid. Yeah, and that's the truth. There's not even flexibility. No, like I've heard people have been denied leave on their wedding days. Mm. Like who wants who wants to work like that? Exactly. So. And I don't know, I I, feel, I find it's like cheeky, like, you know, there's a whole junior doctor contract thing a few yeah. years ago, and these MPs literally have a recess every summer, have a recess over Christmas break, and they get paid, Ridiculous they amount. get paid quite a lot, actually, yeah. and they're there standing saying, yeah, you know, well, this is the fee you're going to get, and it's like, well, you don't understand the work no. we do. Everyone's work is different, yeah, fair enough, definitely. but the sacrifice to family life, yeah. to personal life, to mental health, yes. it's not worth it sometimes. Yeah. So I think I wrote him, was it, four in ten GPs are currently suffering sort of stress from being overworked. Yeah. And that's that's really sad. Oh. That's actually so sad. But, you know, like, what, 40% of the workforce who yeah. are overworked and stressed. Yeah. And they're not taking care of their mental health, yet they're expected to take care of the mental health of other people. Yeah. It's just unfair. And how would that make you want to stay working for the NHS if that's how you want to be treated? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're doing this to dismantle it. Let's, let's not lie. We see you, Jeremy Hunt. We see you. I'm very <laughs> Yeah. Because you wrote a book on how to dismantle yeah, the NHS. Yeah, he did. He did. So yeah, that's true. It is what it is at the moment, man. Unfortunately. I'm just scared that this is going to be the beginning. Because obviously, if we're out of eu kind of regulations it's just going to be the start of more things mm-hmm. so like obviously we had the working the EU working directive yeah so before what were people working like 70 plus hours yes. a week yes ridiculous. ridiculous hours yeah so now because of that it's been limited to like an average of 48 hours a week mm-hmm. and then i know you have to have like 11 hours between your last shift mm-hmm. and the one the next one that you start and it just basically ensures that people are resting yeah. and well ready for work I feel like with the start of spending this rule from five-year training to three-year training, that's going to come back as well. The working hours. To be honest, I won't be surprised. They'll use that as a way. Yeah. I could see them using that as a way to fix the shortage of, shortage of staff. Yeah. But we're okay, we have a amount of staff. What we're going to do is make you work more hours. Yeah. Personally, I don't feel that that's right. In fact, I feel like people should work in less hours. Yeah. Because the hours are working currently, people are still struggling. It's dangerous. It's, you see on the wards, you see yeah. staff tired complaining not taking lunch breaks yeah unfortunately if they take their lunch break they feel like they're not doing what they can for their patients yeah they even go into the toilet exactly dehydrated and that's not how that's not how our mps work that's not how other people in this country work and for people doing such an essential job life or death Mm -hmm. like at least make it like comfortable for them there was an article my friend sent me and she's just like how the facilities for kind of doctors and healthcare professional staff in general to kind of take time mm-hmm. like you know how we have doctors messes yeah but a lot of them are actually like closing down and stuff now really? yeah like they used to have kind of on-call rooms as yes, well i didn't even yes, know yes. i didn't know that was a thing i just thought it was american yeah, like no, 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 they have on-call rooms in the hospital oh, okay then all right then but it's just like that time to rest and the ability to actually feel like you can take it because of the pressures is a shame yeah. that people can't. It is. Yeah. And it's the thing is we're we living in an aging population and we have so many so much comorbidity around. So yeah. people are getting living longer but not living longer healthier. Yeah. So as a re- as a result, we're having to, you're having such a increased burden in mm. terms of the people that are ill and need care. Yeah. And that and that increase increase in the population 
is not being reflected by the, the staff. Yeah. So you still have more or less the same amount of staff or even less. Yes. Trying to deal with this rising population of people who were living with so many different chronic illnesses. Yeah. And any small thing can trigger them into an acute episode. Yeah. And it's a shame because you feel like you're giving your best, but because of resources, because you're not at 100%, it's not your best. And you're only human at the end of the day. But it's just a shame when you've trained for so long and you have this idea of how you're going to help people. And it's just falling it's just subpar basically yeah, and it's it not is. it's not your fault but it is yeah it's unfortunate what, what can we do honestly have we talked about physician associates yeah no we haven't so you were doing some interesting reading about yes. that yeah so actually i've looked into physician associates for some time now yeah because i encountered one in my fourth year training at the hospital yeah and i was speaking to her about all oh, the degree and trying to find out a bit um, so a physician associate is a master's degree. So you do, it's a two-year degree. And after you qualify, you, you become a PA, which is a abbreviation for physician yeah. associate. It's quite common in America. Yeah, it's really, really common. Very yeah. common. It's been introduced to this, to this country about, about 10 years ago. Oh, so it's, Yeah, so it's been oh. around for some time. Yeah. But it's not as established as, let's say, medicine or stuff like, as like doctors and whatever. Yeah. So the whole aim of a physician associate is like they work like a junior doctor. Mm-hmm. So they're able to see patients, they're able to diagnose them, come up with management plans. Yeah. Um, whilst supervised by um, a, a senior colleague, yeah. who's usually a doctor who supervises them. And um, they can work in the hospital or in general practice settings. Yeah. So for people who know nurse practitioners, they work, they're kind of similar to what a nurse practitioner would be. Okay. Um, however, these, to do become a PA, you have to do a two-year degree. Quite intense. Yeah. Um, I was looking at one of the universities that, offered it and you do like a offered their model you do 16 weeks at university in your first year yeah on just having lectures and then you have blocks of different rotations within that first year wow and then in your second year you do more rotations yeah. more specialities and you get more hands-on after the two years you're, you're you're sort of kind of free to go into the nhs and work to help plug in the plug in that sort of gap yeah I think it's it's kind of good. I've I've met quite a few as well mm. on placement. They know their stuff. They do. They really know their stuff. There was one doctor who said to us, like, you guys need to make sure you know that your stuff because physician associates might replace. I don't yeah. think they'll replace no. us, though. But, like, I mean, because of the intensity of yeah. their course they do, we have a bit more leniency yeah. and time. But um, I feel like it is good. But the fact that they still have to be supervised is taking like a doctor's attention yeah. and time away from something else. So surely is it not better that they just go for the five year degree or we just kind of train them in two years and plug them when we need to? Yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's the, whole, the whole point of it, really. Yeah. But the thing is that because it's so brand new, no one knows where it's going. Yeah. Um, And as, as a reader, I was looking at sort of career prospects. Yeah. And the pay scale. So I think starting pay is like twenty five grand or something like that, okay. and usually you can get up to like almost fifty thousand, which is which right. isn't which isn't yeah. bad, but you can't really get to like the position of a senior doctor. So yeah. you know, like consultants can earn quite a lot of money. Yeah, you can um, see their cars. Yeah. Parked and the Ferraris, the Bugattis. These doctors have money. These consultants have money. Yeah, they won't tell you what they have money. Um, so you may not get to like, the pay the pay scale of, of a consultant yeah. or even the career progression, but there is there is movement for sort of research because you yeah. do have some PAs who are into research, who do teach, um, they teach other other student PAs. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's quite a lot of scope for them yeah. to be to be using the workforce. I think as time goes on, they'll just become like like they've the always common, been there. Yeah. But I feel like there's a 
not a high, yeah, a, a bit of a higher risk. And there's thing. some resistance as well. Yeah, there's some resistance from the medical profession. Let's be honest. But we're the ones say we're tired, so you can't you can't have your cake. Exactly. You I mean, I wouldn't mind having physician associates. Yeah. Because we already have nurse practitioners. Yeah. Who more or less do the same thing. And pharmacists as well. Their yeah. prescribing powers have been yes. extended as yeah, well. Yeah. Some pharmacists are able to prescribe as well. Yeah. Um. So. I wouldn't mind, you know. Let's increase, let's increase people's skills. Yes, I think that 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 notion of the doc, even though now we're taught about no, you know, no longer it being paternalistic yeah, and the doctor yeah. is the leader, like is a team of healthcare mm-hmm. professionals. There's all that kind of well, it's really it's bad actually that I went to med school for five years and kind of like yeah. you know I should. I'm on this certain level. Yeah. Like, let's, let's be honest. Let's be real. Let's talk, I'm gonna lie, sometimes I do feel like I feel like that, and I have to rein it in. I'm like, listen. Yeah. We're all team members, um, but. No, I've seen other medical students kind of yeah. talk down about this for physician associates. Oh, thing. really? Hundred percent. I've seen some people talk down about it, thinking, "Oh, how can these people think they, you know, like junior have the same status as a junior doctor or whatever after doing like a two year degree?" I've, I've seen people say this, and I do get where they're coming from, but also I feel like their role is very different to yeah. a, a junior doctor. I think because of the similarities of yeah. the role, that's where people are very yeah. insecure. For me, listen. Do if you can help me, why not? Yeah, do Let's you? Let's help each other. We're here to save lives. Yeah. Patient safety is not about my status versus your status. Yeah. And the thing is, if some med students went through the same training that they went through for PA, come <laughs> you know how many times they're just like, oh, yeah, that's me for today, and you're in bed. That's <laughs> <laughs> you mean you can do that when no. you're training to be a physician no. associate? No. No, you're, you'll be on the woods till five, six. Yeah. And be expected to study. I agree, definitely. Yeah. I don't think they should stand for it because it's a master's, so you're paying a lot of money exactly. for it as well. It's not so, degree, is it? anyway, we'll work. There'll be a harmonious workforce. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Because everyone matters. Yes, and I, I like this whole diversification of medicine. Yeah. So we're having like the PAs, the nursing, um, practice nurses, the nurse practitioners, all these different people working in harmony. Yeah. It's great. It's great for the team. So what's your verdict on overall the three-year training of nurse practitioners and pharmacists and co I'm against. doctors? I'm against it. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. But I don't think three years is sufficient time for people to learn what they need to learn to become a doctor. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Quality it's, over quantity. Exactly. Um, you're going to have to, but if you're going to transcribe into three years, something's going to give. Yeah, mistakes will happen. Exactly. And so Boris Johnson and co, go back to the drawing board. That's Idiot. our verdict. <laughs> Think of something else yeah. to help plug to help plug the workforce gap. So a few weeks ago, um, on Instagram, we kind of shared or asked you guys to kind of let us know your stories about hidden costs and stuff. And quite a few people replied, so thank you for that. So we just thought we'd discuss the hidden costs of medicine because yeah. It's a shame that no one tells you these things because you get there and you're like, well, you, you actually have to pay for this thing. There's nothing you can do. Exactly. So we thought we'd give you a bit of information. Like Emmanuel said earlier, if you're thinking of applying or if you're in first year, just to kind of be financially aware, maybe kind of save towards things if you're working. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with before. Because the before process as well was even quite financially taxing. hundred percent. Mm. So I'd say for me, the things that I paid money for before medical school was the admissions tests. Yeah. Um. So the BMAT, UK cap. Yeah. Paying for books for the BMAT and oh, the UK yeah. cap. Paying for online resources for the BMAT yeah. and the UK cap. Going to courses for the UK cap. Yeah. And then obviously when you get your interview, travel costs to go to your interview as well. Yeah. So these are all costs that, you know, like if you're in college, 
you have to start thinking about you're going to be paying for these things. Listen, the UK cat and the Bima, it's not a problem. The Damsa. How expensive is it? Two. <laughs> two what? 200 pounds. Huh? 200 pounds. You're joking, rip off. That's expensive. And it's like, obviously, you don't want to pay. You're not paying to get into med school because that's just wrong. Yes. And that's that's that will introduce elitism. But two hundred pounds for admissions test, and you're gonna tell me we're well, sorry to nah, I don't wanna <laughs> hear it, bro. I don't wanna hear it. <laughs> two hundred pounds, no. That's ridiculous. That is such a barrier to people admitting. Yeah, of course hundred percent. Because obviously if you're a graduate and you may you're gonna you you've that nine thousand, nine thousand, nine thousand, yeah. Student finance gives you that's gone, bro. Yeah. And now you're having to pay two, 200, 200 pounds to yeah. write an exam. Uh, it's comes out just for graduates or I think it's for like just anyone going into medicine. So imagine you're 18, you're going to college. You you guys don't even get EMA anymore. I used to get oh, EMA. EMA. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my cousins did it. Yeah. You're going to college, like you have a part-time job, a cute, a cute job in top job. They don't, <laughs> they don't pay that much. And now you have to Same fork out 200 pounds for an admissions test. Imagine. I mean, if your parents are rich, then they can afford that. See, that's the problem, though. Not everyone's parents are rich. Exactly. And you'll probably have people from really, really, like, unfortunate backgrounds yeah. where they don't have money like that to yeah. spare. But because of the sheer cost of that test... It puts them off. Yeah. I would have put off if you had to pay £200 for an exam. There were, there were unis I wanted to apply to for postgraduate medicine, um, St. George's. St. George's was annoying because they... For undergrads, they did the BMAT or the UK CAT, and for postgrads, they done the GAMSAT. And I'm just like, but you're the, but you're the same uni, like yeah. So just choose one. Yeah, and uh, and they said if you're a graduate, you can't apply for the undergraduate degree. Oh, so that sucks. they think because they're on 24 hours in A and E that they can <laughs> listen. All the shade. <laughs> they need to stop it. The shade. Yeah. Wow, that's expensive. I think I don't remember how much the BMAT cost. The was like. 40, I feel like I want to say 40 something pounds. I think it was a bit higher for me because I'm the year after. Uh, I think it was like 40 something pounds. Yeah. I remember paying. These things go up year yeah. by year. And then the UK cap, because if you're, if you're sitting earlier, it's quite cheaper. Yeah. But if you leave it last minute, it's quite expensive. It's like 75 last minute, 60 yeah. earlier. Yeah, I think I put 75. For yeah. an exam that I didn't even get to sit. Why didn't you sit the exam? Okay, so hmm. basically, right, I went to the, the what's it called? The Piccadilly 111, whatever it's called, in yeah. Manchester. To go sit my exam. I turned up and showed them my ID, which was at that time my passport. Yeah. And according to the UK CAT rules, if your passport was done before the age of 16, you can't use it as valid ID. Now, I was like, this passport got done when I was 15. There's what's the difference between 15 and 16? But that's the rules. <laughs> I know. So I was, and I didn't have any other form of ID. No one could bring... Oh, no, you don't. So no one can even bring anything Exactly. So then I actually went to my college. Yeah. They, they were like, you can go to your college and get um, them to, like, write a letter and stamp it and say, like, this is who you are, this is Yeah. So I went to my college, got that as proof, brought it, and didn't accept it. Really? Yeah. So I literally left the centre in tears. And oh. I was like, great. And I was like... I was like, basically, if they're not going to sit this UK CAT exam now, they won't let me sit it ever again yeah. in, this, in this time period. And you've done it late, so there's probably exactly. all the slots are booked. Exactly. You have to travel somewhere else if you really, really want to do it. So I just had to forfeit that £75 or how much I paid. Listen, as someone, someone who's done the UK cat three times, three times, I'll tell you it's the biggest scam. Yeah? It's a it's a, it's a scam because it's literally, it's actually luck. 
Okay, some of the questions, like there's verbal reasoning section, you have to read quite quick and mm-hmm. then answer the questions. I think that's logical. Mm-hmm. Mathematics section, that's logical. The one where there's just shapes and constellations <laughs> and star signs and it's I, just like, yeah. figure out the pattern and it's just like... What does you even call that section? Abstract. Abstract reasoning? Yeah. Best believe I spent two minutes trying to figure it out and I just clicked, clicked, clicked because I'm tired. <laughs> And then the last one's the SJT. No, there's something else. I can't remember the fourth section. I've kind of cleared everything out of my mind. There's a fourth section I anyway. Didn't it, so I don't remember. Okay. And then there's an SJT, which is kind of what you do at the end of yeah. the year. So that's a bit logical. But it's very, the time pressure is a lot. Mm-hmm. Some of it, I don't know if it if it's a good reflection of how you would be as a medical student. Mm. So you have people scoring like 700s or towards the 800s and some of us... <laughs> scoring about 500 mm-hmm. and it's just like it's literally just like I think it was just literally just to filter out the number of applicants yeah, and now we I think there's actually less applicants to medicine yeah there is I don't think there's a need for it anymore I think the BMAT I get, yeah I said the BMAT and yeah. I understand the whole point of that because yeah. you have the you have the math section then you have the sort of science section and yeah. you have the English you have to yeah. write an essay makes sense they yeah. have to do that the UK cat don't, don't know about that I don't know about that one yeah the Gamsa, I don't even know, because two hundred pounds. Similar to the UK cap. Apparently, it's a whole day. Oh. Yeah. Two hundred pounds. It better be a whole day. Gosh. It's really intense. Like, Yikes. was it a whole day or two days? Oh, two days sounds even worse. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I didn't sit it, and I will never recommend anyone sit it because two hundred pounds. Come on. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Especially if unfortunately you don't get a place. Yeah. And you said you spent money on courses. How did you yeah. find the courses? So, I paid to go to a course in London. <laughs> okay, so train costs? Yes. Tick. Course costs? Tick. Yeah. Yeah. So, I paid to go to a course in London for the UK cat. Yeah. I didn't get to sit. I'm so miffed about that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Because I just, I wasn't understanding the UK cat. Like, I bought the books for it. Yeah. And I even got the, there was an online course thing that you could get to practice. Yeah. So I went to this course and my parents were like, they really wanted me to, they really wanted to support me. Yeah. So I found it online. Was that Imperial? I think I've been to the same one. <laughs> it was that Imperial. I left so angry, but keep moving. <laughs> so, and I went and I was just like, what's this? Yeah. I literally left and I don't think I gained anything of any importance. Yeah. That I couldn't have got from the textbook. Yeah. So I would advise people, like, unless you're someone who really learns some courses, don't waste your money on, on these things for, for medical school. We had a bit of a not a disagreement, but like I was saying to you, how I'm gonna go on the like finals, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh, don't waste your money. But I don't know. I feel like sometimes if I'm in a position to be able to afford it, yeah. I want to have known like I've done everything. But I think I agree with you on the UK. admissions one yeah. because it's like that's the kind of thing you just need to practice. Exactly. So if you want to pay for the book for the resources, fine. That's fine. But the course, don't pay. Yeah. Because especially if you don't live in London, and you, me who lives in. The north of England. Yeah. Then a train down south will cost you like, especially if you buy it without a real card, because I didn't have a real card back then. Oh, yeah. I was what, 17, 18. So you pay adult. Yes. So you pay adult. Yeah. And then it's costing you like what, 50, 70 pounds, 50 to 70 pounds yeah. to go to London. And at that time, I think it was like a two day course or something. So I had to stay at someone's house. Yeah. So, and then traveling within London. <laughs> quite... Scam number two. <laughs> <laughs> TFL is a scam. <laughs> and then travelling within London yeah. and then obviously having to pay, pay for food for yourself, all of that. By the time you come back, you've accumulated over £150 50 pounds yeah. worth of money. 
And the thing is, the people running these courses, yeah, it's like you and I were like simply medics, UK cat revision course. Like it's a, it's just genuinely people in med school. And okay, you might have done really well in the UK cat, but let's let's be honest, yeah, mm-hmm. it's luck. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything that anyone can really teach you for the yeah. UK cat. You either get really high or, or you, you don't. don't. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And this is someone who's done it three times, and you're probably thinking, oh, maybe you're just rubbish at it. I was. That's the fact. <laughs> but again, I think it's just down to luck. But that's yeah. my personal opinion. So. Exactly. Yeah. I actually paid for interview coaching before med school. Oh, really? Yeah. So at the time, I was in a position to, I was working. So I went to a um, a course. It was just like an interview day course when I first had an invitation to interview. Mm-hmm. And obviously my interview didn't go well. So I contacted them. And I'm like, can I have one-to-one? Because this was more of a group thing. And the girl kind of Skyped me and she gave me really good feedback. And she was like, okay, think about this for your body language. And mm-hmm. she gave me just really specific advice tailored to me. And uh, I can't remember. I think I paid about £40 for an hour but I'm now in med school so I I found it I thought it was worth it so I think interview courses were well there are free interview courses Melanie Medics does sort of free yeah, and AC, ACMM as well. Yeah, because well. yeah. we've done. Have you done Skype interviews with no, people? I I've done Skype interviews with people and stuff. So there are places that do it for free. Yeah. And if they do workshops with, with a group of people for free, definitely sign up. Definitely. But if you want that tailored one-to-one advice, because yeah. nothing beats that, and you want to yeah. pay for it, I would, I would recommend, especially like if you don't know how you come across in yeah. an interview and stuff. But there are other like resources as well. Like I know some colleges. My college, they run sort of yeah, um, interview one to one interviews with students. Yeah. So my uni, I actually emailed them and I was just like, oh, you know, I, was, I'm, I graduated last year and I've got an interview, and they're like, yeah, you can come up. We'll do a one to one kind of interview oh, for you. you so do explore what's free yeah, out there because before you start looking for everyone courses. wants to take take your money. Especially if trying to get into medical school, there's there's tons of ways to, for people to get rich. Yeah, from students. So, and it's a shame if you spend all that money and you don't you don't, you don't get in at yeah, all. Nothing yeah. hurts more than that. Right. So moving on to the costs during medicine. Um, the first cost during medicine comes in Freshers Week when you have to pay for stethoscope and. Yeah. <laughs> Is it silly? Did I did I not know that? I, like, I didn't hear that you'd have to pay for one. No, just, I have to die. Just day one, and you it's know, just like... You know PA courses? Some of them get them free. Really? Yeah, get a free status. And can we get some free? BMA? Please. MTU, if we're, you're listening. We're begging. Yeah, we'll plug you. Because it's, it's quite expensive. For an unexpected cost, yeah. Yeah. I mean, recently I bought myself a new status code. Cost me oh. like £80. Whew. I know. That's yeah. how I felt when it came out of my account. But I was like, why not? Yeah, I mean, I entered the competition to win one i'm not sure if they had that in your year so they came oh yeah yes, so did. you fill out this card yeah, and then, but you have to pay obviously but if you get the prize draw then you get your money back yeah. so you get a free stethoscope so and it was 70 pounds that was the offer for the day mm-hmm. otherwise it's 80 pounds after and it's like okay i'm gonna have to pay for this yeah. so that's 70 pounds that's <laughs> petrol food for a week and unexpected kind of yeah. like, li- living costs for the week it's quite expensive when you think about it but then how can you be a medical tutor without a stethoscope? Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Unless you borrow some. So for those of you who are getting your offers, congratulations. Start saving 70 quid for September, exactly, October. Exactly. Yeah. There was there was quite a few things that people said on Instagram. I would say professional attire. Yeah. I remember like starting med school and then 
obviously in, in Lancaster you you do um clinical placement really early on. Yeah. So um you'd have to buy hospital shoes. Yeah. Now, that's one of my expenses every year. Very expensive because you can't you can't be walking up and no. down the road with holes in your shoes no. and and you're so much comfortable shoes. Yeah. Because if you're what if you're like on placement three days a week, four days a week, yeah, you want to be comfortable. You don't need to be wearing like very tight shoes that are uncomfortable. Yeah. So I say Shoes one every day. I pay, I buy new shoes for hospital. And good shoes. You know what? I got some good shoes from Stradivarius. They're a bit worn out mm. now, though. So I'm gonna replace them for thirty pounds. Oh wow! But my first hospital shoes, I was looking in like Clark's and stuff because they weren't very good. Clark's. I don't have Clark money. <laughs> I have to like, but they're like fifty, sixty pounds. Yeah. But they'll, they'll be good quality. Yeah, they last. They last. Yeah, and they're comfortable. And do you think it's more expensive for guys or girls? For shoes. For just hospital attire. I don't know. I think for guys, because they have to buy the, the trousers and the shirt. Yeah, I feel like the shirts are more expensive. Yeah, because I can buy like a really nice tee, like really nice top for like ten pounds. Yeah, this is where I plug things now because like, okay, what I'm wearing now, I'm wearing like, um, I just came back from hospital. I'm wearing like a blouse which I got in the sale from Forever Twenty One, three pounds. Look at these trousers; they look very smart. Yeah, five pounds. Oh wow, that's a good price. So if you're from London, I've taken a Manuela to this yes. market. There's a market called Petticoat Lane. It's opposite Liverpool Street Station. And you can get stuff from like New Look, Top Shop, Misguided, all like your big mm. brands and stuff. But instead of the, their price, you get everything for Jeez. five pounds. Mm. Yeah. So that's like trousers, work shirts, smart blouses. So that would be my plug. I don't know where they are else in the country, but that's the one I go to. There's all the markets in Manchester. Yeah. If you're up in the lookout. So, yeah, just make sure you get the right size because you can't change it. Then you just stick it in the washing yeah. machine and it's good to go. When I saw these trousers, I said, absolutely, absolutely. Exactly. The most, th- the most important thing about hospital courses is they're comfortable and they look professional. Yeah. That's it. Um, what was another cost? So, a lot of people said travel costs. Oh, my goodness. The amount of money you spend travelling. Yeah. No one tells you that. No. At it's all. It's ridiculous. And sometimes on a spectrum travel as well. Listen. <laughs> when when you get last minute timetable changes and you're like oh yeah let's um um we've had to move you to this area and it's just like okay oh, okay when you start buying <laughs> petrol yeah yeah I think I spent on my placement last year my peds placement so that was seven weeks <sighs> probably buying like 30 40 pounds of petrol every Which week you, yeah that's a lot of money that's a lot of money wow. <laughs> I went vegetarian because I couldn't afford meat yeah Gosh, that's insane. Yeah. I mean, you do get it back, but when it's unexpected Mm -hmm. and you don't get it back straight away, you suffer at the time. You You have to cut down your own expenses and you really think like, okay, do I have to go to uni at this time? Let me go when there's free parking or do I really have to get the bus to this place? Let me see if I can walk. Yeah, you have to start making lifestyle choices and changes to help. Yeah. So I think it would be nice if, because I know our uni reimburse, and I'm sure most unis do. do. It'd just be nice if it's a bit earlier. Yeah. I had to pester. I'm a pesterer though. So because I know I'm paying my for my fees, so you have to. Yeah, yeah. you have to get them. Because if money. if I'm suffering, it's gonna affect how I am on the course. Mm-hmm. So if you are financially struggling, it's important to let someone yeah, know because it. It, it might be something as small as like, okay, we'll put you at a placement where you can walk to instead of spending money on the bus. Mm-hmm. Like it can make changes to adapt to your situation. Definitely. Don't suffer in silence. No, it's, and, and it's not helpful for your mental health as well. Yeah. Because then yeah, you're just struggling in your, in your personal life and it'll begin to reflect in your academics. Yeah. Another one someone said was conference fees. Oh, yeah. So 
I think we talked about this before. I was saying that I, I actually don't. I wouldn't mind going to conferences. Yeah. And it's it's fun like going to. I've been to a few conferences. It's really fun mm. meeting other medics, speaking to like doctors in their their fields. Yeah. But don't go pay a hundred plus pounds for yeah. conference if you don't have the money. I've heard some specialties like some peds one in Birmingham was about a hundred pounds. I, I always get because obviously I'm, I'm interested in pediatrics. Yeah. I always get emails. I look at the conference prices and I'm like. I'm a student. I can't afford this. Yeah. First for the conference, and then I travel to the conference. Yeah. And, and probably accommodation. accommodation. Yeah. Ridiculous. And I think it's though people always sell it as like I remember people talking to me when I was in my second year. They're like, make sure you go to the conferences and present posters and stuff because mm. it's good for your specialty training. But what if you you just can't? You physically cannot exactly. afford it. Exactly. Exactly. Like a hundred pounds can last me a long, a few I couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. That's about three weeks. That's three weeks worth of travel and food. Yeah, and it's like you shouldn't have to pick one or the other. Yeah, and I think there are certain conferences they look so good, but there are free conferences out there which are cheaper. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in Obs and Gynae, like I think it's it's probably gone. But in February they usually have like a student conference. Mm. So okay, obviously I come from London, so I just have to pay for my train mm. ticket home. But um, it's free to go. Mm-hmm. So if you have a friend that you can stay with in London, then yeah. that will be a bit cheaper. Like our, our, um, our uni, there's um, Obs and Gynae Society. They have their own conference. It's mm-hmm. just like, what, no more than, it's no more than a tenant to go. Yeah. Even the local ones in like the Northwest. They're pretty yeah, cheap. They're pretty cheap. Like, if you're free loan to a conference about, especially that you're interested in, yeah. look at the student conferences. It tends to be cheaper than the ones that are actually run by the Royal Colleges. Yeah. Because the Royal Colleges, they're catering to such a massive group. They're catering towards consultants, junior doctors, all sorts of people. Yeah. The student conferences tend to be more student-focused. Yeah. They'll still have the great, great teaching, great workshops. Yeah. Without you having to fork out hundreds of pounds yeah. for the conference, transport, accommodation. Yeah. I would say, though, look and see if your uni have kind of, like, travel bursaries mm. for that, because I know some unis, unis do, they yeah, do, definitely. yeah. So that would be helpful yeah. if you've, like, you've got this really amazing um, poster that you need to present and whatnot, yeah. and end surprises as well, because yeah. I think they cover your travel if yeah. you have to come and present it, so. Yeah, some, some um, I think some conferences cover the, the actual ticket for the conference Yeah, if you present a poster. That's why sometimes I've looked and like, oh, I could really get a free ticket ticket to London, but who's about to write work? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> um, someone said med sock fees. I think that's particular for each uni, yeah, you know. It depends how much. Ours was twenty five pounds. I didn't pay it until I wanted to go to the Christmas. School. I don't remember. I think I paid for like the first second year, second year. Yeah. It depends what you get out of your med sock, really. I only paid for it because I wanted to go to like a ball and um for the Mokoski. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not really involved in med talk like that. Yeah. So I think if you're if it's something that you're interested in and you do your med talk does a lot for you and you get a lot out of it. Yeah. And one of those things they have to pay for really. Yeah. Unfortunately. All right. And one of my friends sent this one. It's more of an indirect cost. So she um she said last minute train tickets because you don't get your timetable in advance. Oh yes. So obviously we all live in the UK and we know that the train system finished like you it's cheaper to fly to countries than to get a train it is yeah it's cheaper to fly to Spain for a weekend than yeah it's to get a train from Manchester to London yeah can you believe it it's so expensive so I know like whenever I want to go home I usually book a shift and I'm like okay the money I get from mm-hmm. that after I pay my tires that's my money home so yeah. that's what I've done recently but it's like if you don't get your timetable in advance enough then you can't buy the, the cheaper train tickets and you you either have to decide am I willing to spend 
maybe 90 plus pounds wow. if you like from here to London without a rail card. yeah without a rail card to go home or am I just gonna spend another miserable weekend here and it's like you shouldn't have to yeah. choose like sometimes <laughs> it's not I feel like um I'm being held hostage because <laughs> <laughs> <held hostage>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like okay I want to go I want to go away for a weekend not even just home just like escape somewhere for a weekend but because I don't know when I finish something I can't plan ahead and I can't pay the cheaper price you know what sometimes you have to book things and just be like yeah you have to see what happens yeah I've had to book flights out of this country yeah during term time not knowing what my timetable looks like yeah hoping and praying yeah that it <laughs> remember, remember my birthday weekend how like oh my goodness yeah, yeah so we didn't have like it was about a week before um our formative exam and we didn't have our full timetable but I knew like okay in the past at the Fridays mm-hmm. all the exams are done and we're usually free mm. surprise surprise they booked they put like a self-marking session on the Friday oh, yeah. but I'd already bought Eurostar tickets yes I remember to leave that Friday and obviously I can't go to my friends oh yeah I have to change it can you give me like a, another like 90 pounds so I can change it so I had to change her ticket and my ticket for Saturday morning and my train ticket to London oh, on Friday gosh, yeah from Thursday to Friday that's the day I was just like I'm a hostage <laughs> SOS, someone set me free. <laughs> it is, it's actually unfortunate. Yeah. It's just um, it's one of those things. Like, other degrees have it better because they get their tantos way in advance. Yeah. I don't know if it's just our medical school. I understand why it happens though because obviously, like, when things are at uni, you should be able you to get, get timetables in advance. Of yeah. Because it. of placements and doctors and yeah. knowing other people's timetables. So I can understand yeah. why it happens. But when things are at uni, come on. You, you know you're coming to work that day. Exactly. So why, why are we exactly. holding some hostage? It's for? just unfortunate the entire, like, the yeah. entire degree is like that. I feel, I feel worse though for people who are international students mm. because obviously flights, I mean, train tickets are expensive, for but flights. like, these people are far from home mm. as well. So like, Worst case scenario, I can get any train to London. I can get the mega bus if I'm that desperate yeah. to London. You'll never catch me on the mega bus, though. Like, no. I've gotten a mega bus from Manchester to London a few times. I can fly from the UK to Nigeria the time it takes to go from here to London. Okay, Lancaster to London is quite far. Yeah. There's a few stops in the way. But imagine, like, even people as close as, like, Northern Ireland, they can't book their, their plane tickets you know, in advance. Last minute. Yeah. It's and, quite expensive, isn't it? Yeah. And it's just like, well, what if you just need that weekend to go home and recharge or go see your friends yeah. and like just really rest? Plans. Yeah. Plans. Like my life doesn't revolve around medicine. My Monday to Friday, fair enough, you know, I'm expected to be on placement. On and, my weekends, that's me time. Yeah. Me time means sometimes getting out of Lancaster. Yeah. Getting out of wherever. Yeah. I'm having placement. Sometimes you need to physically escape. Leave. Not escape. Leave. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. being at university, one thing I realised is when you're constantly like, as much as I love being here, like, I love the city. Yeah. Loads of nice people. Sometimes I want to get go back home. Yeah. Just because I miss my family. Yeah. And then when university is getting too much. Yeah. Just leaving here, I'm like, I can leave work. Yeah. I can leave all the, thinking about coursework, exams, everything can just be left in this place. Yeah. And I'm back in my house. And for some of us um, of different ethnicities, we've got to get our hair done. <sighs> Listen, you gotta get you gotta get certain food that exactly. you can't you can't buy from Sainsbury's. Do you like, know what I mean? Maybe only in my plantain. But, honestly, but now I can't go to Manchester to get it. Yeah, because my timetable. I don't know when I'm free. <laughs> so I'd say that's an indirect kind of hidden yeah, cost yeah, yeah, of definitely, medicine. Definitely. Yeah, is there anything though available during med school that can kind of help support 
because I know I've been the recipient of quite a lot of oh my anniversaries yeah listen, <laughs> there was an auntie who said to me if there's anything that you can apply for and get for free just apply oh, that's really the best. yeah so I'm trying to remember so our uni do something called like the Peel Studentship mm-hmm. for people who are doing a second degree at Lancaster they've been so amazing like I didn't get it in my first year but from my second year till current I've been receiving it obviously there's a Lancaster bursary that yeah, all students yeah. get regardless of degree courses um ones that aren't well every uni has a specific one so I'd recommend looking at what your yeah. uni offers there's also like if you're in fourth fifth year doing going to elective yeah there's lots of different elective brochures out there oh elective costs we yeah. didn't say that one. oh yes very expensive. Yeah. Um. There's also elective virtues going out there. I wish I applied for one because my elective was so expensive. Yeah. The flight in itself cost well eight hundred pounds. Yeah. Before an accommodation, you have to pay for that yourself. You don't have to pay to the hospital that you're going to. You pay them money. Yeah. So just a lot of money. By the time you finish your elective, you're, you're paying over a thousand yeah. plus pounds. See, because of my my bursaries and stuff, I've, my expense and uh, my elective has been expensive. Like coming up to two grand, but none of, none of it's been a dime of my own money. Wow! See that, guys? Yeah. It's more like million. Actually, that's a lie. I've been working and saving a bit, oh, okay. but like the bursaries have really helped. So yeah. like, I got a travel bursary from uni, and that was enough to. I just maybe had to add like fifty pounds mm-hmm. to flights and stuff. So God has just been so good and faithful, oh, like financially. Yeah. yeah. There's another one as well for again postgraduates doing medicine as a second degree called the Richard Stapley Trust. But like, usually I send my application in around now, but they've already like reached their maximum oh, limit wow. of applicants so I missed it this year oh no yeah the BMA do one yeah the BMA charities so they yeah. do for medicine as a second degree yeah and if you go on the BMA website they have some information about different things available out there for people um, who are looking for um bursaries or things to help them financially yeah and obviously not everyone's doing medicine as a second degree so I recommend you go to this website it's called the Royal Medical benevolent fund and they have a list of different charities mm. so like the bma carnegie trust for universities of scotland um what else is there the Hel- helena kennedy and they just like you can read and see like is this my situation yeah, am i of this yeah i'm of this background i'm of this age mm. so i have this experience like even if you live in a certain area yeah. they can like support you and even if it's not that much it's still not your own money exactly. so something's better than nothing yeah and i also say that for students from um, ethnic minorities really look out them on social media really look out them on the internet yeah. so there's so many different organizations people have their own personal charities that they've set up specifically to help people from different ethnic backgrounds yeah with their, um, with their medical degree yeah hopefully i'll be one of them one day that's yeah. what i really want to do Same. yeah because like access to medicine and money like the, the financial cost shouldn't be like a barrier, barrier to people at all, at all it's unfortunate and that's why i think in my mind i've always thought that medicine is actually a group of people who have money yeah although it shouldn't be that's how it's always been yeah a lot of the time you see that doctors children become doctors yeah a because obviously their, their, their parents have the knowledge to help them get in yeah they know how to help them get in yeah um and secondly their parents don't have money being yeah. a doctor most of the time you ain't broke they have money it's true yeah so they can so. Have, they can help them with the yeah. application fees personal tutors yeah helping get people to help them do one-to-one interviews yeah all sorts of resources and to them. there's nothing wrong with that but i think some people need to recheck their privilege and understand that not everyone comes from no. a background like that and no one's like against you because you have money because exactly we're all in med school and hopefully my children wouldn't have to be applying to scholarship like if you want a thousand pound here take <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. dash your dash your grand, come on, it? Dad. yeah <laughs> 
I, I want to be able to be the banker of mum and dad to my own kids. So there's nothing wrong with having money. No, 100%. But I think a lot of people are naive in the mm. sense that... They don't um, recognise their privilege. Yeah. The day someone asked me, like, oh, why do you have to work? I said, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I said, what? Like, I wish that was a question. Yeah. I wish I didn't have to work in, during medical school. I really wish I could just live off my lavish account <laughs> you wish you could just be traveling i'm not gonna lie i really day. i really wish i could be in a different country every week let's that's, that's <laughs> tell you what this omg consultant told me so we're in clinic and she said like when she first went off to med school so she came from a working class kind of background they sat down everyone in the lecture theater so i think she went somewhere in like scotland and they were like so when you qualify as a doctor there's this thing called tax <laughs> and it gets taken away from your paycheck and um, have this thing called bills because obviously a lot of people come from very oh. backgrounds where they don't even realise that there's tax things there's things like tax and mm. bills and NI mm. and it's just like and she sat down looking around like you're joking not be happening. <laughs> you're joking I feel like regardless of how much money you have teach your children financial literacy exactly. that's why I like David Beckham he made his kids get part time jobs he taught them I'm David Beckham you're not so <laughs> you can go get a job I was like my money not your money you yeah. work for it as well yeah you have to instill that hard work ethic because like, obviously people talk about generational wealth and stuff but if you die and then your, your kids plunder your money like they plunder it all exactly what's the point what have you worked for nothing Listen, no, to just waste it I'll come back from heaven you hear from me <laughs> okay and the final bit we're going to talk about i'm kind of glad we did this because i'm kind of preparing myself for when i qualify oh really so let's talk about the cost after med school oh, okay you think you're getting money but it doesn't stop there oh no, no yeah no. so expensive and if there are any doctors like not not med students listening like do message us on instagram and let us know because i really want to be prepared for this working so life I. yeah so post-grad exams yes hmm where do we start so the mrcp Mm -hmm. so i had a look actually and i think that was about 410 pounds let me just double check uh let's see so part one for 2020 2021 uk fee 419 international fee 594 wow and how much was part two uh i don't think it says yet oh yeah so imagine (laughs) That's ridiculous. We've already complained that GAMSAT is £200, yeah? And they're paying, what, 419 419 From your paycheck, you've got to save along with your money for bills, with your phone contract, travel to work. All your subscriptions, rent. direct debit. You don't need to watch Netflix anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Study for your MRCP. <laughs> <laughs> it's £419. Have you not heard? It's expensive. That's expensive. Wow. No one tells you these things. They don't. They just, they'll tell you, like, oh, this is quite good, you know, when you're revising. They'll ask you this in your MRCP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to afford to get there? That's the question. Well, luckily, the good thing is that um, if you save what well, you can afford that. Yeah. If you put some local juice here and there. I guess so. You'll cover that MRCP was. It's true. I understand why people are doing it every year. Yeah. They're just collecting money, exactly. putting down housing deposit. Before you start yeah. tra- going to specialty training or DP training. So maybe I'm, I'm naive. I just didn't know that it would cost that much to pay for specialty training exams so yeah so if you're if you're keen and you're set on a particular specialty start Start saving yeah start saving start looking yeah but the thing is that the beauty is that when you start working f1 and f2 you have time you don't have to rush straight into specialty training yeah so you can take as long as you personally want long as when you do apply for specialty training you can talk about the reasons why you took breaks in your um 
breaks from foundation training to specialty training because they usually ask why he took a two-year break yeah which can explain why he did that yeah. it's fine but you can take breaks to work save money for these costs that we're talking about yeah um because it's not cheap yeah it's not cheap and i'll say to med schools like let people know these kind of things yeah like theresa may said there's no magic money tree <laughs> Like there isn't, <laughs> so you need to let people know. Exactly. You can't. It's like you can't tell someone, yeah, oh yeah, meet me here, and it's just like four hundred pounds. You what, mate? Eh? Exactly. Stop it. And then they're boxed in. There's no nowhere for them to go. Yeah. Because you've got two specialist training. You're a junior doctor, like you're literally an F two forever. Yeah. Or like that's it. That's the only two options. Yeah. Or you leave and go get any doc. <laughs> So just just a little bit of warning, just to be a yes, bit courteous. Yes. Another cost that work so as a medical student, your indemnity free. Yeah. Your BMA membership thirty eight pounds a year. Yeah. As soon as you graduate, that skyrocket. Yeah. So as an F one, your BMA membership goes up from thirty eight pounds a year. So one hundred and seventeen. Yeah. And then I couldn't find the indemnity cost, oh, but I've heard it's quite expensive. It's quite expensive. Yeah. So those are the kind of things that. Obviously, if you don't have that, how are you going to work as an F1? And then this is important because it covers your back. They give you advice in terms of yeah. any sort of medical legal issues. And you can also, so if you get into any problems, it can help you. And if you've got any queries, any questions, you can go to them. Mm. And then obviously your, your BMA is the trade union for doctors. Yeah. So you the doc, you have um, teachers who have the trade union. Yeah. Nurses have the trade union. Yeah. Almost every single person in any workforce has is part of a trade union. Yeah. But us the BMA, they do a lot of lobbying for doctors, medical students. Access to resources. Exactly. To study for your £419 exam. <laughs> yeah, you can get free books from the BMA. You yeah. Have to your books if you don't want to. Yeah. But then you literally leave, well, same for you, leave work. You graduate uni, sorry, in July, June, whenever you're university. Yeah. They start working in August. Yeah. Within those few months, you're not working. Yeah. Well, unless you have a part-time job. You don't have any money. Most most students that I know who graduated and started work as a junior doctor didn't have sufficient funds. Yeah. Because final year of university is NHS bursary, which yeah. is peanuts. You need to let people know about that fifth year, actually. But I'm so grateful that, obviously, our friends who have graduated before and you, you've let me know. So I'm kind of working. And yeah. I started to put money aside for yeah. fifth year because I think it's a joke that you're funding. Because obviously, your tuition fees are covered, but your living fees, it's you get ridiculous. less funding. And it's like, well, obviously, I've needed this amount for, for four some, years. Yeah. So what's mysteriously happened in the fifth year that I now have to be fasting or <laughs> just dieting or, you know, not... I can't I can't afford money for food, for basic. Forget food. You don't have enough money to pay for your, your actual accommodation. Yeah. Like, and it's just gives me. If I was to use that to pay rent, I'd be paying... I'd be in deficit. I'd be in a deficit for my rent. And then, obviously, so all your money goes down... Well, not all your money, but your, your funding for fifth year goes yeah. down. So, and if you're working, you're working to cover your rent. Yeah. You're, you're working so you can eat food. Yeah. So, where are you going to find your money for indemnity or BMA membership? And also for if you're not living at home, for yeah. rent for your first month. Yeah. Before your first paycheck comes in. It's true. These are, these are things that don't tell you about. People need to know. Yeah. So, I'll definitely say when you're, if you're in family year, it's not too late to start saving that money. Yeah. Before you start working August, if you have a job that is. Yeah. I've, I have a, um, a Monzo pot that says year five savings. That's a smart idea. So even if I just save like £2 a week, I add something. It does. And over the course of a year. Exactly. It's better than nothing. Yeah. At least you'll have something to cover you if you need anything. Yeah. 
Another thing that came to mind was Royal College fees. Oh my goodness, they're quite expensive, the Royal College fees. They're not cheap at all. I don't even, I don't even want to look. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually scared. And these, all, these are all important things. Yeah. Because obviously, we need to be part of Royal College. Yeah. We need to be part of the DMA. We need indemnity mutual rights. Whether yeah. it's an MDU or another, or another group. All these things are important. Yeah. You can't just be a doctor without it. Yeah. And obviously, you're working now. So let's say you you have a partner, you have children, you have a car, you have a mortgage to pay for, all these water ex- bills, yeah. light bills. So when people, I don't know, some people might think doctors get too much money, but it's like you're, they're paying quite a lot for their own professionalism yeah. costs. Whereas like, okay, like you do your training and stuff in hospital, but all these extra things a normal job does not need. Yeah. You just need literally need okay, a bit of money for lunch and a bit of money for travel, mm-hmm. and that's it. But they don't have to kind of cover their own insurance because that's what indemnity is kind yeah. of like a form of insurance and yeah. medical legal and support. They don't need like your trade union. I don't know how it works for other I jobs think actually. You do you pay a bit into it? You pay a bit into it. Yeah. Trade union. Okay, then fair yeah. enough. But like the professionalism costs and stuff. Usually, like I know people that do in accountancy mm-hmm. or on a law training mm-hmm. um like co- kind of contract thing. The company usually covers it for yeah. them, but essentially, what you're doing as a doctor, so you're, covering it for you're covering it for yourself while you're still having the the adulting bills that everybody exactly. else has. Exactly. So, and I think the thing is, a lot of people actually don't know the pay of a doctor. Yeah. I remember, I was doing a shift once, and someone was asking me, "Oh, what is the, like the average pay you yeah. get when you start work?" And I was like, "Average pay is like what twenty twenty four twenty five thousand pounds starting salary." I think it's gone up to about 20, 27, 27. 27, yeah. But then it has an inflation and exactly. living costs gone up. It, so. And it depends where you're working. So if you're working down south, up north, yeah. um, certain places you get more because it's less popular and they need more doctors. Yeah. So it's all it's all relative. But when, we, when I tell people, they're like, oh, that's not a lot. Well, I don't know where this notion of people thinking doctors get paid a lot comes from. I think it's a historical thing. Yeah, well, consultants like, get paid a lot. Yeah. It just um, takes a lot of money and exactly. training to get there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you want to, if you're going into medicine for money, just just go into the city or yeah. into investment banking or whatever. You just change profession. It's, it's not worth it. It's, yeah. not worth, it's not worth the money you get, to be honest. Yeah, if that's the, your main goal, the main reason. Yeah, five years as well, man. You might as well do something else for three yeah. years, and then just be earning ridiculous. I'd, I'm even pushing for apprenticeships, man, because I don't. Think that's a whole other conversation. Same. But I don't think I was having this conversation with my brother. Degrees aren't worth the money. No, I don't think so. I think university is the scam for certain degrees. You're better off doing a paid apprenticeship. Yeah, definitely. And, or like an apprenticeship degree where you it has a degree status, yeah. but you're doing a lot of sort of practical stuff whilst getting paid. Yeah. And that's then you true. have a secure job at the end yeah. of it. Are there people I know that have done it and I'm just like, especially within our culture, mm. universities push so much. Yeah. Like people do all people love Africans love people who can read. Like <laughs> they went to this, they have that BSc, BA, Doctor, Mrs. They like they're doing a lot still. And it's like, okay, well, you're well read, but how does that translate into the workplace? Exactly. So but like I know Are you getting paid for what you do? Yeah. All these all these titles, but no no cha ching. <laughs> Nothing in your bank account, but I know like people who are maybe like in the early twenties now who've done apprenticeships and they're living they're on holiday minimum three times a year. Wow, that's my kind of lifestyle. And they're going to get qualifications at the end of it. So, but that's a whole other conversation. I agree. So I think what I've taken away from this because it's good to kind of research. 
if you, whether you're applying to med school, whether you're like you're currently at med school and you're going to become a doctor soon, mm-hmm. just always have something form of some form of savings, hundred percent, because there are a lot of hidden costs that people don't tell you about. And I yeah. hope we've been able to kind of enlighten you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yes. Any words of wisdom for the people? No, I agree with you. Just savings. Make sure that I have a savings account something for my current account. Yeah. And that savings account has happened numerous times. When I'm like, oh my goodness, something's broken. I need to now pay money. Do you want me to pass if it's my laptop? Yeah. But now my laptop, I can't study. Ooh. Do you know what I mean? Like, these costs that come out yeah. of nowhere. Oh, that's one thing I wanted to shout out um, med school for. You know, it's not all negative. Thank you for the free laptop. Yeah, <laughs> even though I don't use mine. <laughs> <laughs> MacBook, baby. <laughs> But the thing is, yeah, they give, like, they gave, I think they give them iPads now, but every student in first year gets a laptop. And that's quite a lot of money that you say. About four or five hundred pounds. I think that's quite good that they do. I don't know if it's just the Lancaster, like, med school. I think universities give out free, um, either it's a free laptop or iPad. Yeah. I know a few universities do iPads as well. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you to all the universities that give out free electronics and gadgets to your students. We appreciate it. So, yeah, save your money, kids. Yep. So, as usual, just going to plug socials. Um, Simply Medics on Insta. Yes. And, si- is it, yeah, simplymedics at gmail.com if you have any questions, any queries, any partnerships. Yes. <laughs> and we hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. Have an amazing week. And see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.